Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, where I come to you from my studio every week in Dallas, Texas. I have an amazing guest on the show today. The, the, I was just saying in the studio that it's gotten warm, and it has. It's because of the energy of my guest. My guest is a friend of mine. We met through friends. Do you remember when we met? I don't know. No, do. you were too busy. I remember it like it was yesterday, though. <laughs> we met at that breakfast joint. Uh, we had coffee at that breakfast oh, yeah. joint. Yeah, yeah oh, it was, I do remember. That was years ago. But. That was a long time ago. Was it in Cafe Brazil or something? Yeah, I think it yeah. was Cafe yeah. Brazil. Yeah. And I it was out towards you, where you live, out by you, I think. Right. And the publicist has connected us, right? Yes, yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guest is an author. Very successful business person. Notice I didn't say business woman because it's irrelevant to me. Is it irrelevant to you, business person, business woman? Irrelevant? Do you care whether you're described as a successful business no, person or business woman? I don't care. Do you think the market cares whether you're described as a business person or business woman? Don't know. Don't know. I know it's damn harder to get places when you're a woman. <laughs> so. Do you really think that? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It's so much easier to get places as a woman than it is as a man. Absolutely. <laughs> You're so wrong. My 23-year-old would say that, though. <laughs> <laughs> your 23-year-old daughter would say that? I know. That? My son would oh, say, oh, yeah, yeah you yeah. women. You yeah. just need something. You just lift your skirt, you know. My guest is Bethany Williams, and I want to tell you all, there's one thing that you can learn from her right away, man. Bring energy to a room. Every time I've been around Bethany, she fires the place up. And I know that that's what you must do in, in Vince's world, man. I mean, you just <laughs> must bring this light, this energy. Is that not, I mean, really, he yeah, must just, yeah. your your contribution, and I see it in your friends and your posts. Everybody feels the same way about you, Bethany. You bring a, a happiness and an energy to every situation. And I don't care if it's having coffee at Cafe Brazil or when you and I did Truck Tank, which was really cool. Yeah, You're one of the judges cool. on Truck Tank. Or even this morning and firing up the place. And it doesn't matter whether Bethany's doing it with just me or she's doing it with a crowd of people. She brings a personal energy that is a requirement of success. Mm-hmm. People of interest do interesting things. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think positivity draws people. Does. Right? So does negativity. Right. Yeah. Well, that's true in a, in a bad way. But one of the things I know is that that probably at some point in your life wasn't your M.O. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Right? The funny thing was, as a youngster, so I was extremely bright. I graduated second in my high school class, 3.989. I mean, I was just really, really bright, uh, lacking a lot of common sense. So for everything I had in book knowledge, I lacked in common sense. Moved to San Diego, got married, moved to San Diego, had a child, um, he left me very soon into the relationship, and I was suddenly a single mom working in a large healthcare group in administration. And I realized I, I went into this pit of woe is me. My life is so bad. But your husband passed away. He eventually died. Yeah. yeah. When I tell the story, a lot of times I say I was wid- I wasn't widowed for six years late. I mean, it took six years of him living this other life. <laughs> Right. And it's so it was so painful for me. It has been my whole life that my high school sweetheart would leave me. It was almost easier for me to jump to the end of the story. And finally, when I wrote Live Your Dreams, my daughter, uh, who is now a mother and and married and has children, she said, you need to tell the whole story. You've got to stop glossing it over. And I said, Heather, some things are so painful that you take out the worst part of it. 
You know, I totally I agree. Kind of, you know, yeah, that's yeah. that terrible. But I did fall into this, I call it a Michigan mindset. You know, I'm from Flint, Michigan, which is just a devastatingly poor area that has been hit by the recession. And I fell into this, this is all it will ever be. This is all I can have. I got to live paycheck to paycheck and mm. my life is doomed forever. Mm. And, you know, through a few courses of events, a few people said to me, why? What? Why does it have to be that way? And it's almost like they're looking at a different picture and theirs has color and vibrancy and you're looking at a black and white and you're trying to explain to them why your picture is the right picture. You know, well, because I'm a single mom. Yeah. And they said, well, what, what do you mean? Then you go get a loan like everyone else does. And you go to college, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, no, I can't do that. And they said, have you even applied? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we like self we self-select ourselves out of opportunities and out of this amazing life we could have. So I put myself through college. But see, here's here, here's why I get along so well with you. And you get along well with a lot of people. But I only get along well with a few people. <laughs> and the reason that I, I care about you so much and I, I like you so much is because I can see through the happiness that you have is earned. It, it isn't who you were. Now, maybe at one point in your life you were, but to, for someone to have it in their DNA like you have today, I know that that is a learned happiness. Right. I chose it. I you chose. Cho- I can see that, and I, I chose, resonate with that. Yeah. I chose positivity. Yes. I chose to wake up yep. every day and focus. We did it this morning. Vince and I went on a gratitude walk. We do it. We try to do it every day. Yeah. And we were having, we kind of had a shitty day yesterday <laughs> with work and kids and bills. And you, you know how everyone has those Dude, My days. day wasn't good either. Yeah. And we got up this morning and we like, be thankful for everything. And we literally started off, all right, well, I'm thankful for that. And we literally started our day on our gratitude walk and tried you can reposition your mind, I believe, in as little as 15 minutes. Yeah, even sooner, I think. But but just to finish on that that point, I know how that transformation occurs because I had to do it myself. And so I think I'm in tunely aware of when it happened in somebody else. And um, that can be an unspoken connection. Because you and I never talked about that before. Right, no, we haven't. But I know, I, I just knew it the minute I saw you, that who you were was a choice. It wasn't, uh, you know, I, maybe in the early days in Flint, Michigan, your high school friends would have said, oh, Bethany was always the life of the party and happy. No, no, no. They would have said I was silent. I never talked. <laughs> oh, my God. That's <laughs> hard to believe. I was quiet. I know. <laughs> Holy mackerel, really? No kidding. What, like a bookworm kind yeah, of a Yeah, I was thing? a bookworm. I would have been carrying a book around. I would have been reading a book. Holy I uh, was a concert pianist. I would have been practicing. I would have been like nerded out. <laughs> oh band camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, what has, somehow, what has occurred is, is how you just wring the happiness out of life. I mean, and I want to get into a lot of the things you've done, but, you know, just since I've known you, um, climbed Kilimanjaro mm-hmm. with pneumonia, right? Didn't you get pneumonia on that trip? We ended up with some altitude sickness stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, give me the name of the trail in Kauai that you did we twice did since I've known Kalalau you. Kalalau Trail. Mm-hmm. Which is, give, give us the details on it's that It's 11 trail. miles uh, each way. So it's 22 miles. It's considered one of the 10 hardest hikes in the U.S. 
it's 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 pretty invasive. Mm -hmm. um, like die if you slip. There are people that that die. Yeah, mm -hmm. die on that hike. Yeah. Uh, Kilimanjaro. Give me the details on Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro is nineteen thousand feet. Mm -hmm. It is um, uh, sixty miles. And it's the last day you're uphill at least eight hours straight. Oh my God! To yeah. summit. Yeah, to summit. When you get to a place like Kilimanjaro, such a such unbelievable, do you get bummed out at the at the uh, garbage and debris that you see up there? It was clean. Oh, it, it was. was. It was amazing. Yeah, because I they say that, Everest is just littered I with trash. I think that the the guides must pick it up because it was the really Sherpas. Beautiful. Yeah, I think the Sherpas pick it up. It was beautiful. At the mm. top. Yeah. And how physical was that climb? Big time. I, and you have a bad back, too. I do. I have steel in my spine. It was really, really hard. Mm. I think I'm almost addicted to the the rush. I think the rush that you get is you realize on this climb, when you start in the dark, it's all dark out, you have a headlamp on, and you're literally just following the feet in front of you. Yeah. You realize about four hours in when, when I was having a mental breakdown, <laughs> saying, oh my God, I can't do this. You realize that, it is in your mind that you are either going to decide to do it or you're not. The minute you decide you're not, you're down. And I realize how many things in life do you think we decided we couldn't do that we really could? Totally. That, you know, that we just stopped and made that mental decision. And the power of the mind overwhelms me on those type of physical yeah. challenges. Is that one of the reasons why you do it? Do yeah, do that is my addiction, I think, yeah. is, the, is the ability to realize that everything we face every single day is a mental decision to either go forth or, or accept failure. So isn't that funny, though, that some point in your life you end up saying, well, I got that. And and so that challenge can go away forever. Some people, I believe it happens when you graduate high school mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you graduate college. Mm -hmm. But it happens that that crescendo happens very early in most yeah, people's it does. lives. It does. It does. And the beauty is to constantly put yourself in situations where you're being tested like that and you're tested. Now, you're going to these extreme levels. I do these cold water swims in the morning. Yeah, I see those. I love it. But today was 46 degrees, <laughs> oh, that water. Was. So, well, you know how cold it was this morning. Do you, you guys walk this morning? You know how cold yeah, it was, we right? Did. Well, try being naked in your pool. <laughs> Not want to do that. <laughs> but, but when I when I met Vince, we decided that you know I was already positive, but we decided that you could look at life as a journey. As you know, when you start to go on a vacation, you get excited, you pack your bag, and you're so excited about what's going to happen on this, or you're going on a certain trip, or you're going to meet someone. You, you know, you're excited about. We decided that we could take that vacation attitude and live life on a journey. That's killer. Like every day is a journey. What's going to happen today? And if it's boring or mundane or you hate it, then why not change it? Yeah. That's what I say. And, and I, I, I've said this before where when I do it with my boys all the time, I do it kind of just to prove to my boys how, how it goes down. But I'm at the checkout counter and the, the guy or girl checking us out will say, how's your day? And I'll say, it's unbelievable. I say, you know what I'd do if it wasn't? And they're invariably like, oh, uh, what? <laughs> And my, my kids are like, oh, man, he's going to say it again. I say, I would change it. And they're like, what, what, what? I said, did you hear what I just said? If my day wasn't going well, I would change my day. I'm in control of my day. Nobody controls anything in my life. And I was just saying to my trainer in the workout this morning because yesterday was a hard day in here with, with some uh, policy changes to the staff. And uh, – and I said the whole idea is to create an environment in which the staff is not beholden on me and I am not beholden on the staff. That the, the organization exists 
for the benefit of those who want in, and the door is always open for those who want out. Right. That, to me, is the creation of a special business. That's that's probably very hard for a lot of people to get their hands around. Most employers are trying to control everything, and most employees are the victim of the employer. Well, you I'm know, not... I, did, I did a TEDx talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, Great uh, TEDx talk. On, yeah. Uh, how to lose a job in 10 ways, and, <laughs> um, or in five ways. And the, the whole concept was you should always be looking. Because in looking, you start to appreciate your employer. In seeing those other jobs, you start to see those pay scales. And you should have a mindset of what's out there. If you never look, then you take things for granted. That's so controversial what you're saying right there. It is so controversial, yeah. I mean, it just... (laughs) But but it it uh, so so uh, I I quoted Bethany. Bethany was a contributor to my book. We talked about that, yeah. and I I brought. Congrats on the book, by the way. You. That's cool. We're all it's it's go time now. Yes, you know, March twentieth. Yes. But um, particularly, I quote Bethany's uh, book, Three Days to a Raise," which everybody should get to. Go to bethanyawilliams.com, bethanyawilliams.com, and you can get that book, Three Days to a Raise." But what intrigues me about that is what Bethany talks about. I want to get into it now because this is the meat. I want the audience to get real takeaways from my guests. The meat is Bethany says you need to create your own annual report. Mm -hmm. As an employee, you need to create your own annual report. So let me just describe what the annual report is. Just like if you were going to buy a publicly traded company on the stock market, they're going to put out an annual report. It's the highs usually just the highs, right? It's the, it's the highlights of the business, the things that went well for the business with some data to support it, a little bit of commentary, and then maybe a little bit of a future projection. Uh, perhaps one of the most famous annual reports is the one that Warren Buffett puts out for, for uh, Berkshire Hathaway. If you want to get a real good idea what annual report looks like, go read some of those. They're published all over the place. Yeah, and they're public. They're, they're available anywhere. You can they're available anywhere. Find them on the internet. Yeah. So Bethany's stance is, well, if it's time for you, if you're getting frustrated, it's time for you to feel like, I'm, you know, the employer's keeping me down, I need right. more, all sorts of stuff. Well, what do most people do? What do most people do, Bethany? They, Nothing. They grunt and complain and keep accepting the paycheck. And I say, you're not allowed to let them put the check in your hand if you're not mentally there. Like, if you, you, can't, if you agree to accept the paycheck, then you need to be on the team. Mm. You, you can't sit in this negativity. Negative employees drain us. Oh, they suck. I mean, that's why, you know, a lot of CEOs are feel like my message is really controversial. But the truth of the matter is, if you got rid of your negative people and or turned them positive, you would pr- produce more and you'd make more money. I, mean, I, I agree. I mean, I, it's just uh, business is hard enough. Right. We don't need the negativity, we the right? The, we don't need to walk. They, if they walk out of our meeting, walk into the break room and like, oh, my goodness, I can't sure. believe he said that. Sure. Happened to they're, me yesterday. Yeah, they're costing us yeah. money. Yep. Love, love the guy that did it, but it just happened yesterday. And the reality is... Uh, as the boss, you've got to see that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You have to see it more so than the employee not recognizing that they're doing it and what the implication is that they're doing it, right? Right. They, right. They, that's just who that person is. And we think of our paycheck, but employees don't always think of what's my contribution. Yeah. Like, what have I given the company? Have I improved <clears throat> expenses? Have I created revenue? They, they kind of get in this almost like teenage children. You give me a check and I don't have to give you anything for it, yeah, right? Man. It's this yeah. one-way handout. Yeah, I love it. Tim Grover says, when, when, did, when did doing a great job become the extraordinary? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't doing a great job the sort of rule? Yeah, exactly. Right? 
But so, so the first part is the employee doesn't do anything. I want to get into this three days to a raise. How does someone who's listening make more money? The first thing is they don't do anything about their circumstance. That's probably condition number one. You and I both agree that they have the obligation to not stay in that situation. Right, right. Situation number two is maybe they wait for the they, – they're thinking it, but they're waiting for HR – to make the move that says, well, it's 12 months, we should talk to you about your review and give you your 3%. Is that, is that in your right. opinion, and phase what, two? What employees haven't done is sat down and had that talk. They haven't evaluated what they're worth. Yeah. So if, if someone just if someone just in your family just died and gave you a Chevrolet Cadillac or gave you a Cadillac or something, what would you do? Oh, the first thing you'd do. Figure out how much it was worth, right? <laughs> yeah. You don't blue book it or something. <laughs> yeah. So no one's going to salary.com. No one's looking at, all right, if I've been in this job for eight years, what are other jobs paying? Because yeah. some markets go up, some go down. So they don't evaluate their worth. Yeah. And then, you know, the biggest thing that happens is they've accepted predisposed opinions from their childhood or from their youth. In other words, um, I uh, as really to what like, they're worth, or or what, or what they're they worth, should get paid, what they should get paid, or maybe that maybe they've always wanted to do. I'll give you an example in your team. Maybe you have someone who really thinks they'd be good at sales, but they're in marketing or something, and they don't want to tell you that. So they just kind of sit there and think about it, hoping that you're going to notice yeah. that they want to do it. And so I tell people, have those conversations with your boss. You will not get fired for telling your boss, hey, I'm interested in sales. Do you think I can do it? Could I try it? Like employers love it when you <laughs> totally. are motivated and mm-hmm. want to try something. It's a no-lose mm-hmm. for the company. You've already trained them. And you could put them on a three-month trial sales run and see how they do and move them back into marketing if it didn't work out. So now we get we – get, let's go into that conversation with the boss because so many people are terrified of that conversation. By the way, flip side, the boss is often scared of that conversation too. It is a two-way right, street, right, right? right? The boss is dreading those annual um, – yes, what do you call them? Yes. Annual – we don't yeah, even do them in reviews. here. Yeah. Annual reviews, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, just as much as the employee is. So uh, by the way, as you know, there's this whole movement of there shouldn't be annual reviews. There should be like quarterly or quarterly. even monthly I think reviews, there right? Be quarterly, yeah. So you can um, you can head so off. So you can yeah, and, and it should be more coaching, right? It should yes. be all right, this is where you're doing well, this is where we need to work on. It shouldn't be this hammer at the end of the year. Yeah. And actually I did something just for you. I have a um seminar on my website that's like um Two hours of walking you through how you do these conversations and everything. Oh, that's and killer. I put a free code out just for anyone that hears this. Mm. It's um, if they go and they buy the Rays seminar, it's New Life 2018 in the checkout. We'll get it to them free. Oh, and I love it. Watch some of the videos. So I walk through exactly what to say. So let's go through that. BethanyAWilliams.com. Right. Mm-hmm. Go to the shop. Go to the shop. There's a three days to a raise seminar. Yep. And it'll have a price on it, yep. but just go to the promotional code and it'll say New Life 2018. Oh, that's killer. Uh, yep, yep. I love that. Uh, but no, what, what you need to do is this CEO has built a company. They work very, very hard. CEOs work harder than anyone I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, hardest job on the planet. Right. It very rarely seen very by rarely everybody seen. else because right. of the late nights, the stress, mm-hmm. the aggravation, all the stuff that's getting done 24-7. That nobody sees that nobody it. Sees, right, a lot of times right. they just see the guy sitting at his desk thinking, or they think he's checking his emails. Or they or see they... him taking these great vacations, or they see the <laughs> money that the job rewards without seeing the physical and emotional stress of it. Totally. So, so initially, 
you need to have a heart of gratitude when you talk to the CEO. What has this job afforded you? What has been good? How what have you working with great people? And so it starts out as a thank you. Thank you for this job. Thank you for this opportunity. There are thousands of people out of work right now that do not know where their next dinner's coming from. Mm. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. Mm. And what I've really appreciated, and then find five things about that company that you've never seen before, that you love, that you enjoy. Boy, I'm butter in your hand. If you start with that, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I need it. I'm like, good, man. in the last year, have you ever had an employee walk in and give you the a thank you and what you've done amazingly well and what's right on target? You know, we we went through the torch last year, and um, and I actually have had some of my That's employees awesome. come in and say, in fact, one guy in particular, uh, and I talk about it in my TEDx talk where where he came in and said, you know, I fought you against the torch yeah, yeah. because you had destroyed my trust. And I'm I'm coming in today to tell you that you got my trust back, man. I'm all in. Yeah. And that's very powerful when that happens. Isn't it? And what does that mean to you as a CEO? It is it's like water in the desert. Totally. Isn't it? <laughs> it, it's and and they they come so few and far between. It's not a knock on my employees or other people's employees. It just It's just not the focus. It's not the focus. They're in a tactical so this is what I tell people to do. They need to hear it. They need to know what they're doing right. It's entirely unfair. It's like being in a bad marriage. If you're going to list out what you want to change to not go to the positive. And so I always say, say what you're thankful for, what you love about the company, and then tell them whatever the conundrum is. You know, I have been here eight years and I'm under market value. So you, you have a very politically correct way of doing that. Right. Well, the, I think it's it's more successful. It is. It takes them off of, and then it's not about their problem. You say, I have a problem. I'm supporting my family, and in the market, I'm worth 30% more. Yeah, but. So can I get there here, or is this something where a is year this a from watershed now, moment? I'm going to have to. I mean, yeah, this is, and it's, it is a. It is a moment where you're really doing strategy with your CEO. So I need to go back just for a sec because I think <clears throat> the way you present it is so polished and well done for you. Yeah, that's because of the first 12 times I got thrown out of their office. <laughs> but, but I've when, had his boss, I mean, I did it wrong so many times. I've had bosses say, this is unfair. I can't believe you're right. saying this. You're so rotten. I mean, you're where I got emotional and I said, do you know what it would cost you to recruit for this position? Go post it. You know, <laughs> I had screaming matches. Oh, no, no. This is the result of doing it wrong 99 times yeah. and bringing that experience to people. So doggone it. Learn, man. We're not talking about off the cuff. This is real life stuff. Start with a position of gratitude uh, and don't like, – like what I have done in the past, although I you know, haven't been employed in a while, but I have lots of other vendor relationships. All of it goes hand in hand. They're all the right. same communicating yeah. shows. Yeah. Right. I'll start with a vendor that says, um, uh, you know, uh, wow, your price are too high and the service sucks. Well, what if I, what if I started differently, which I do now, right. which is – you know, we have such an amazing relationship together. I, we have a great partnership. We Partnerships have been buying are, from you for five yeah, years. Yeah, and you've been doing favors for us, right. and we've been doing favors for you. I mean, it's just been great. The only thing we got to address now is just this pricing and service issue, right? But the reason you lead with the problem is because you've, you're so afraid that the 
the end result could be disastrous based on the problem, then you just throw up at the mouth with the right, problem. Right, 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 right. And the truth of the matter is, this is the, the hard fact of it is he may say, and I have no intention or of ever, she. he or she may say, I have no intention of ever giving you a raise. And at that moment, it's kind of like the moment that you realize this is a temporary job. Yeah. At some point, I won't be here. And people do not like the truth. The truth is something that people just, it, they avoid it. It is hard to hear, but you need to know where you stand and where your future is, mm. and you need to own it and decide that maybe it's going to be somewhere else. So let's let's go back because because one of the key components we 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 skimmed over is the fact that it's not just about the niceties of the conversation. Right. You need to come with this book, this annual this report right, right. that says. Um, I don't want to just talk about what I've done. I'd really like to just to present, present this. It. So help the audience understand this presentation of this annual report. How would you go about recommending that to people? Yep. So you would let them know that you don't expect money for nothing, right? I mean, no CEO is going to be very appealing with the answer of the reason I believe I should be rewarded is because I've brought huge gains to the company. I don't want this just to be words, and I'm going to show you some of the things I've worked on this year, and I'd love to get your opinion on how you valued these things. And as you go through the things, most of the time that employee has not been credited with the work. Yeah. The CEO didn't know they did that. They didn't realize they were part of that project. Mm-hmm. The I think the, the biggest miss here in these conversations is everyone assumes, no matter how many employees you have, that you know what every single one did and you can recollect it on a dime. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So this is usually a surprising conversation for the CEO. Really? You were part of the expense reduction, the $50 million expense reduction? Really? You you helped us um, keep from losing that customer? Sure. Or that you know? marketing program? Right? Really? Or, or you, you got involved. You went on that trade. You yeah, handled that exactly. trade show preparation. Exactly. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize you did that. Yeah. And then once reviewing that... You make the ask, whatever the ask is. I'd like a 20% increase, whatever the ask is. What we then usually do is if there'll be silence, is is we are uncomfortable with silence. And so then we want to fill. And I say, don't fill. Make the ask. And then if they if there's no answer at all, which you wait, then you say, obviously you need some time to think about this. I'll get back to you in seven days or whatever the timeline is. Mm. And you leave the report and you say, I really appreciate your time. Yeah. And you, some people need to think on things. <laughs> it's a very mature way of handling this, which the maturity comes from the recognition that it's your freaking life we're talking about here, right. you know? And, uh, you know, the recognition that I got was we are uh, sad in these retirement meetings every year. Where they're teaching us how to invest our money, where to put our 401k. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm sitting here going, I'm spending four hours a year, virtually, two hours, twice a year, whatever, figuring out what to do with 5% of my income yeah. when I don't even spend one hour a year on what if I could increase my income by 10%. I mean, how tilted is that? So you and I are in the same page on that, that these sort of uh, – I need to go back just one second for, for, for clarity of the audience. None of this happens if you haven't done your research and your analysis. Right. right. 
which is, in your stance, figuring out what competitive nature of pay is. Right. You got to people do what my 23-year-old does. They suddenly feel like they're underpaid. They get mad. They walk in and say, raise my pay right now. And they say no, and they say, I quit. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like so ill thought out. <laughs> so, or, if it's an, or if it's a mature professional, <laughs> yeah. then they go in, demand it. The person says no, and they start looking for work. Yeah, and it's unfair for the boss yes. who might have had they had all the information. Yep. So, yeah, if I were the CEO, I would love it if someone did this, did the homework for me, brought it in, gave me time to think about it, yep. gave me time to ask some other people, how do you feel about working with this person, and truly see the value statement. Most people would keep their jobs. I did this five times when I was at IDX, and I kept my job every time. With and big I, bumps. With big bumps. Yep. That people said you will never get. Yeah, right, right, right. Don't even try. Don't even try. You're never going to get it. So the last thing on this specific topic is the bump. Because the I'm I'm an income versus expense reduction guy. I believe that most people have the ability to make large percentage gains year over year. And that a 3% raise doesn't mean anything. Right. It, it should be taken by the employee as an insult that you're undervalued or you didn't do shit. Right. Right. You should be looking at 20, 30, 50% gains. And if you can't get it in raw salary, as you have many times in your career, you can take it in other things. Other benefits. Time like off. time off, options, uh, options. long-term I potential upside. Stock and options are the gold mine that people completely miss. Yeah. I mean, it, it and the um, thinking that it could be five times your salary or ten times your salary that you end up benefiting yeah. from people just do not. And I, I don't know about men, but I can say women globally miss this. Mm-hmm. So focused on the paycheck that they miss the concept of options and, and equity and sharing a piece of, if I'm going to grow this company, yep. then I want you to share it. It's the goose that lays the long-term egg. Mm-hmm. Now, my and most people don't even think about it like this because they're so concerned about, I got to have today's money to pay today's bills, right? Right. right. Well, and, and that is because they haven't negotiated well. I even oftentimes will pick up pieces of companies if they just need someone on a board or they need a strategic advisor, and I will give them you know, 10 hours a year, whatever they need. And I will take a a stock trade for that. So my buddy, he works for a publicly traded company. Uh, He gets paid 350 grand a year. He's the chief sales officer. I've never even heard that title before. Have you ever heard chief sales officer? Mm -hmm. They created it for him. He started from the bottom, worked his way up, uh, gets paid 350 grand a year and has lived on that for, I don't know, I've known him for 15 years. And for a decade of that, that's what he lived on. Um, you can live pretty well on, on 350, I suppose. He's got a wife who doesn't work and three kids and a big house and all that sort of stuff. But uh, he continued to accumulate the options. And so when I had lunch with him about a month ago, I said, what are those options worth? He said, $12 million bucks." Wow. Right. So most people would have been fighting for 350 to go to 375 right, or to go to 400 right, or 425. Right. And he was just collecting options, knowing that his contribution to the organization was going to make the, pro- the company more profitable and therefore more valuable more on the street. Valuable. Stocks are going to go right, up. Right. And, and it has. And it, you know, it's an unbelievable way to uh, see your career and your financial accumulation in the right light. Right. I wish I would have figured it out 10 years earlier, honestly. I'd be retired now. <laughs> I'll be on a beach in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's the thing that um, that I want the audience to understand, Bethany, is that um, 
It is lifestyle by design. Mm -hmm. And we are the ones that have the responsibility to design design it. Right. But even the raises you design. That's what people always say. What is three days to a race? It literally takes you three days to change your mindset and think, I'm going to do this differently. And once you make that decision, you will increase your pay. Mm-hmm. I, I helped, like, I'm on a 100% track record right now for helping some women double their pay. Yeah. And I think what they fought the most about is most of them had been in their jobs eight or more years, um, had started entry level, had not gotten any, had not gotten any bumps. And in their mindset... A, they didn't want to leave the company they were at, and you have to be willing to leave yeah. to do this negotiation. And B, they thought the job would be harder. And so literally I got a phone call one day, and this lady is like screaming. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, is something wrong? You need me to call 911? Like, what's going on? She had had changed jobs, same exact. She was a project manager, same exact role, different company. Actually easier at the new company because they were allowing her to work from home many of the days. She said at the office she had a treadmill that she could actually walk while she worked at her desk, right? This And uh, she said doubled her pay and got her first paycheck. And she's like, I can't even believe I'm doing the exact same work and I'm making twice. Like, I, I can't even grasp yeah. it mentally mm-hmm. because she said we always associate that more money is going to be harder. You know, there's a lady I, I would love to work with. She's just so close. She's not receiving right now in um, in Burleson. Um, making a low, low wage, college degreed person, making less than my 23-year-old in his entry-level job, mm. but believes that if she took a different job, it would be harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they don't understand that if you come up a few levels, you actually have more empowerment and more ability over your schedule, and you're not beholden to someone on an hourly wage, but they just can't make the mental leap. Yeah. Well, that's because they don't have the mastery of the skill set. I mean, the piano play, you know, life is a lot easier as a master pianist than it is as a first lesson. Yeah. I get calls from master degree people that are making $25,000 a year. So much of it is mindset. I want to finish as we wrap up today because uh, I talk about a friend of mine, and and I always have known that you have the same opinion, which is you got to have the guts to leave. Right. And I say it to people around here too: if you're not getting what you need from this place, you got to have the guts to leave. Mm-hmm. Because I am most likely I am going to give you all that I can give you. Right? right? I will right. actually give. I mean this this comp thing that um, this this administrative charge that we put in uh, yesterday. I agonized more over the cost. Of the to the employee, and how does the employee make up that gap in 2018? Then I did. What is the impact of profitability to the company? Right. The, the, right. So I'm going to give a lot. Now that's right. not all CEOs, but right. I believe most of the time they they they're not trying to keep you down. They want you to be happy. They want you, yeah. Right. But my friend Andrea. Uh, used to come through Dallas. She was in the fashion business, and she would come through for the trunk shows down at the apparel man. And uh, I was just getting the business going. She and I went to college together, and uh, she would take me out for these real nice uh, dinners, you know, with all the hot girls from New York in the fashion business. And I was like, count me in, right? I got no money, and you're going to buy me dinner. I get to hang out with beautiful women. I'm in. Every six months, she'd come in, and she'd be working for a different company. And I'd say, I don't understand. What, what happened? What? She's like, I went in for the raise and they wouldn't give it to me, so I left. The other offer was on the table for more money. They wouldn't match and I left. Right. She probably did that six, seven, eight times 
Now she has an insanely high-powered, high-paying job right. in New York City in the fashion industry, and nobody looked down upon her from those moves. Right. No, and, and so many people are not willing to do that. Right. It's like they're stuck in the mud, and they accept that this is the mud I have to be in. Why, though? How do we – why? Why don't they have the guts to do the research and analysis to present properly and professionally and then have the guts to leave? There's an assortment of different answers I've heard. Some have said it won't do any good, which it's almost like my college story, right? I didn't know if I was going to get in or not. I didn't. It, it, you have to do the work and believe that if you don't get it there, it will pay off somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You can't pre-guess the outcome or else you're self-selecting failure. Mm. Um, so a lot of us are, a lot of them are just self-selecting failure. People don't want to do the work. They think they're too busy. Um most of those people that think they're too busy are watching 17 hours a week of television, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's completely false. Yeah. I think one thing I would say as well is people need to understand and be open to the fact that maybe they aren't deserving of the raise right. and they, they got to go back. Out. Yeah. They, they got to go find... back to the drawing board. That's the most important part of the annual report is you might go through it and <laughs> realize that <laughs> you didn't do shit. that much that year. And honestly, <laughs> then that's just a lesson to you to what do I want to accomplish next year? And if I do this next year, what do I want to be on the report? Awesome. I think the awareness is the most, the best part yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. You have to be open to receive the, the result of the data. Right. I love right. that. If you got nothing to put down, then yo, yeah. hell no, you're not going to go ask for a raise. <laughs> All right, Bethany, that we could go on for hours. I know you got to, you got a little time constraint. We can go on for hours. I want to thank you for being my friend. Absolutely. I want to thank you for coming in the studio and doing the podcast. And we only have one thing left to do, and that's sign the booth. So you get to be my guest and sign today's booth, all right? All right. Thanks. Appreciate you. Thanks. I'll see the rest of you down the road. That's our episode this week with your host, Matt Monero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money. <laughs>